Welcome to the Vineyard Church Weekly Message Podcast. We hope you will be encouraged and challenged today as you listen to a message from one of our speakers. Prepare your heart and get ready to receive a word from God today. If you have a Bible, you can turn to John, the book of John. We're going to be in chapter 15 today. And to get us started, I have a question. How many of you have heard of the term polar bearing? Does anybody know what polar bearing is? Like, does any, oh, you do, that's good. So here's what polar bearing is. Polar bearing is when people decide, choose to jump into a body of water during the winter, during the winter. And so I looked up some stuff online and I found out that they have this event that they host every year called the Polar Bear Plunge. And it's hosted at various locations around the world. And as I was digging into this, I found some statistics about what the air temperature and the water temperature was when everyone got in the water. And here's what I found in 2018. A plunge was hosted in New York, and the air temperature was around 20 degrees. In Canada, the air temperature was around negative 5 degrees. And in Boston, the air temperature was negative 2. And get this, the water temperature was 28 degrees. Isn't that ice? I was like, how is that even possible? Apparently it has something to do with the molecular structure of water, but the point is that is really cold. If you want to compare it to something, according to the Red Cross Swimming and Water Safety Manual, the water temperature for swimming lessons should be between 83 and 86 degrees. So 28 is really cold. Here are some pictures of the polar bear plunge. Wow. So I have two thoughts when I look at those photos. The first thought is these people are crazy. They are insane. Doesn't it look like they're in pain? Like that lady in the bottom is like gasping for air. And the second thought that I had is I'm guessing they don't stay in the water for very long. I'm guessing they get in and out pretty quick. And I participated in a few polar bear plunges on a much smaller scale. My friends and I would jump into my parents' pond during the winter. Here's a picture of our polar bear plunge. I'm the one on the far left And on that day, the air temperature was 43, water was 40 degrees. And can I just tell you, as soon as I got in, I was ready to get out. It was a quick in and out experience. And I know that this is kind of hard for us to imagine right now because it's 90 million degrees outside. But if you guys can picture winter, right? Like getting into a lake or a pond in the winter would be cold. It would be quick in and out. So I want us to compare that polar bear plunge experience to a hot tub, a hot tub. Here's some pictures. Like, aren't you instantly relaxed? Like, this is a place that you can relax, rest. You would stay a while. You wouldn't be in a hurry to leave. Now, I want to ask us a spiritual question 
So we have two experiences, right? We have the polar bear plunge in and out and the hot tub stay a while experience. Here's the question. Which is my approach to God? What is your approach to God? Do you have quick connections with him? Are you desiring to stay with him for a while? And here's the truth. The hot tub, not in a hurry experience is the right approach when it comes to God. When it comes to God, we shouldn't just have quick polar bear connections with him. We should desire to dwell in him. And see, God is not a God of quick connections. He's a God that invites us to remain in him. He wants a relationship with us. He wants us to dwell in him. Here are some verses. 1 John 4, 15. If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the son of God, God lives in them and they in God. Matthew 28, 20, Jesus says, and surely I am with you always. And 1 John 2, 28, and now dear children, continue in him. Jesus invites us to remain in him. In fact, in scripture, it says that when Jesus died on the cross, the veil was torn. The veil was torn, Matthew 27, 51. At that moment, when Jesus died, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. And if you don't know, that tearing of the temple curtain signifies that what used to block us from the presence of God has been destroyed. We have an ability to access God. Like we can get close to God. He destroyed anything that would separate us from him. He died so that we could be close to him, so that we could dwell in him. Hold that thought. We're in a series today called Kingdom Stories, and we're going to talk about dwelling in the presence of God, staying connected to him. So we're going to dig into our text. Again, we're going to be in John chapter 15 today. And here's some quick context. Jesus is in the middle of teaching his disciples once again. It's actually during the Passover, Jesus' last Passover here on earth. And this is what Jesus says, starting in verse 1. I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit apart from me. You can do nothing. And the title of the talk today is Life-Giving Connection, the parable of the vine and branches. And before we even dive in, I just want to submit to you that there is nothing more important than staying connected to God. 
Like when we're connected to him, we experience his peace, his hope, his joy. We get to see things from his perspective. We get to partner with what he is doing. But when we disconnect from him, we step into striving, into doing on our own strength. We get tired, we get exhausted, and we make bad decisions. We need to stay connected to God. And so today, I'm going to give us two reasons why. Two reasons why we should stay connected to him. But before we do that, would you pray with me? So Jesus, first and foremost, we just thank you that you are a God that desires a relationship with us. Like that's why you died on the cross. So we thank you for your sacrifice so that we can connect to you today. And I pray that you would inspire us to get even closer to you today, Jesus. And would you even be here right now in this moment? Would you teach us Holy Spirit? We want to know who you are today. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, the first thing that I see in the text is this. We should stay connected to God because he is the true vine. You can write that down, the true vine. Jesus says, I am the true vine. And in the world of plants, we have branches and we have vines, right? And branches have to stay connected to the vine or else they will die. They will become dead wood. And in this parable, Jesus says that we represent the branches. He represents the vine. So we need to stay connected to him to survive. He's our source of life. But as I look even deeper into the text, I notice that he isn't just a vine. Like Jesus is the true vine. And so I looked up that word true, and this is what it means. It means true, real, genuine, emphasizing the organic connection, the authentic unity between what is true and its source or origin. So Jesus is the true vine. He's the real, the genuine vine. But by definition, there must be some vines out there that are not true, that are not real. And as I was thinking about this, I was reminded of a moment a couple weeks ago. It was a Tuesday. I was working in the office, and I was stressed. I was stressed out about COVID and how it's affecting my life and my job. And this is what I did in that stressed out moment. I text Michael Schwartz. He's on staff here at the church. And I asked him a question. This is what I asked him. Do you have salty snacks? Do you have any salty snacks? Like in that moment, I just needed a bag of potato chips. And it kind of got out of hand because if you notice up there, like I accidentally sent that text to Pastor Steve and he thought it would be a great idea to walk out of his office and announce to everyone in the cubicles that Leah needed a salty snack. But in the end, I did end up with this little bag of Lay's potato chips and I enjoyed them very, very, very much. Now, I know that it's a silly example, but here's the deal. That bag of chips may have been a vine, 
Like, if I'm com being completely honest, it provided me with some relief, but it did not give me the resources that the true vine would give me. It did not sustain me long term. It's what I would call a false vine. It's a false vine, and I actually created a definition of a false vine a false vine is something we connect to for temporary relief. Something we connect to for temporary relief. So what about you? Do you have a false vine in your life? Think about that. Like what do you run to for temporary relief? Do you run to Netflix? social media? Do you vent to a friend? Do you go for a run? Do you drink a bottle of beer? Do you take a nap? Like, what do you do when, you, when you're stressed out? What do you run to? And can I just tell you that in those moments when we are stressed, when we are anxious, when we are tired, we need to connect to God. Like, he is the best person to connect with. It's Jesus. He's the true vine. There's a story in the Bible of a woman who suffered from bleeding for 12 years. It said that she had spent all of her money on physicians. She had tried everything to figure out what was going on and nothing worked. But here's what happened in Luke chapter 8. She came up behind him, behind Jesus, and touched the edge of his cloak. And immediately her bleeding stopped. Immediately, her bleeding stopped. And if you can just put yourself in the shoes of this woman for a little bit, like she had tried everything for 12 years. She had run to every false vine she could find and nothing worked. But as soon as she connect with Jesus, in a moment, everything changed. She was healed and her suffering ended. So you can write this down. A 12-year problem was resolved through one moment with Jesus. With Jesus. So let's bring this into the room. Like, how do we do this? How do we stay connected to Jesus? I have a couple ideas, three quick ideas for you. The first one is set aside some time for only him. You can write that down, for only him. So turn off your cell phone, shut the door, get out of the house if you have to, but dedicate like 15, 30 minutes, an hour for just Jesus. Like listen to him, read his word, spend time with him alone, worship him, just him, and only him for a portion of your day. The second idea I thought of is invite him into your daily routine. Invite him into your daily routine, like the everyday stuff. So when you're running errands, invite God into that. Like maybe he wants you to talk to someone, to pray with someone, even to smile at someone. Invite him into that moment. When you get frustrated with your kids or your coworker or your spouse, invite the Lord to give you some of his patience. Just invite him into that moment. And something I do fairly regularly is I just invite God into my drive time. 
So I decide that I'm going to focus on him, whether that's turning on some worship music and worshiping him, adoring him, doing like the one hand, hand raise, right? Sometimes that means that I have to turn my music off so that I can just have a conversation with him and pay attention to his voice. And the last idea I thought of is intentionally listen for his voice. For his voice. I think it's really easy right now to get caught up, to get distracted by all the other voices that we're hearing. The news, social media, our friends or our family's opinions. And what if in a world that's consuming opinion after opinion, we decided that we were going to ask God, God, what do you think? What do you think, God? What are you saying? What are you in doing Intentionally listen for his voice. So that's the first thought. We should stay connected to God because he is the true vine. And here's the second idea. We should stay connected to God because he will prune us. He will prune us. Our text says that every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. Now, I know little to nothing about gardening. My husband is the gardener of the family. I don't know anything. So I did some research, and this is what I found on pruning. And it's really interesting. So this is what pruning is. It's a horticultural and silvicultural practice involving the selective removal of certain parts of a plant, such as branches, buds, or roots. Reasons to prune plants include, pay attention to this, Dead wood removal, shaping by controlling or redirecting growth, improving or sustaining health, reducing risk from falling branches, preparing nursery specimens for transplanting, and both harvesting and increasing the yield or quality of flowers and fruits. Now, can we just take another look at that? What if we applied that to our spiritual lives? Like, wouldn't it be cool to have that activity in our life? That's what God does. And so I want to dig into this definition a little deeper, pulled apart piece by piece. And so this is what God's pruning will do. God's pruning will, first thing, remove the dead things. Remove the dead things. Has God ever removed anything dead from your life? I can think of a couple relationships that I've had, and they weren't necessarily bad, but the Lord just pruned them out of my life. Like he was calling me into a new season. They weren't life-giving anymore, so he just pruned them out. God will remove the dead things. God's pruning will also shape our lives. It will shape our lives. And I think of Peter. I think of when Jesus called Peter and his brother to be disciples. And this is what Jesus says in Matthew 4, 19. Follow me and I will make you fishers of men. See, before Jesus, Peter was just your average fisherman, right? But when he connected to Jesus, the Lord shaped his life in such a way that he became the rock that the church was built on. Jesus will shape our lives. The next thing that God's pruning will do is sustain us. 
Have you ever hit a wall in your life? Have you ever had a moment where you just wanted to throw up your hands and be like, I'm done? I've had several moments like that in my life where I just want to throw up my hands and be like, I quit. I quit my job, my marriage. I quit my relationships, my friendships, my family. Like, I'm done. I quit. Now, the reality is, like, I'm not actually going to quit those things, right? Like, I love my husband, and I'm committed to my job. But in those moments, in those I quit moments, when I choose to connect with God, he becomes my sustainer. He encourages me to try again, to do my best again, to love my husband again, to not give up, but to rely on his strength. His strength. He is our sustainer. He will sustain us. The next thing is God's pruning will create new disciples. This one's really exciting. So there's a picture of Becca Schwartz on the screen. When I was in high school, I taught little Becca how to play the piano. And today, she is on the worship team playing the piano for Jesus. How exciting is that? Like, God did that. He used me to teach Becca a few chords on the piano, and now he has created her to be a disciple of him that leads others in worship. When we connect with him, he will allow us to connect with others. He will create new disciples that will move his kingdom forward. That's really exciting. The last thing that God's pruning will do is it will increase our fruitfulness. It will increase our fruitfulness. In our text today in John 15, it says that every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. When we connect with God, our lives will be full of fruit, full of the fruit of the Holy Spirit. The list of all that fruit will come up. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. That is what our lives will be full of when we connect with Jesus and when we allow him to prune our lives. So let's just take a look at those five things again. I want that. I want that activity in my life. That would be a good thing, and that's what God does. You can write this down. God's pruning process will enrich my life. It will enrich my life, your life. As long as you stay connected to Jesus, he will prune your life and it will be better with him than without him. Now I want to get serious for a minute because the reality is if we don't connect with God, things will get bad. Like if we disconnect from him, it will be bad. If you want an assignment, you can read the book of Jonah. God asks Jonah to go to a city called Nineveh. And this is what Jonah does. But Jonah ran away from the Lord. 
He ran away from the Lord. He actually got on a boat that was headed in a city that was in the complete opposite direction of Nineveh. It was like 2,500 miles away, and this is what happened. Things got bad. The Lord sent a storm, and it about destroyed the ship that Jonah was on. Jonah got thrown overboard. He got swallowed up by a whale by this huge fish, so he had to live in the stinky, smelly, gross, yucky belly of that fish for three days and three nights. And to top it all off, he ends up puked up on a beach somewhere with fish vomit on his face. Like, that's bad. That's bad when we connect, when we disconnect from God, things won't go well. And I'm just going to be really honest with you for a second. 2020 is really hard. Like, it's been hard for me. Corona is making life difficult, and all the social justice issues that are happening are complicated. And if I did not have Jesus to connect to, I would be a mess. I would be a mess. I would be falling into an I quit moment, and I don't know if I would be able to dig myself out of it. So as you think of 2020, where you're at today, how connected you are to Jesus, I feel like there's probably three types of people in the room. Some of you are Christians, and you are connecting with the Lord. And I just want to encourage you for a minute, keep it up. Keep doing what you're doing. And I feel like the Lord has an invitation for you today to dive into even deeper intimacy with him. Like he wants you to get even closer to him, to his heart, and I promise you won't regret it. There might be some people in the room, you haven't connected with God in a while, and you're realizing today that you're kind of in the middle of or really close to an I quit moment. Like you are angry, you are tired, you are anxious, and can I just tell you that the best thing for you to do is to connect with God. He is your hope. He is our hope, and that burden that you are carrying, like he doesn't want you to carry that alone. He wants to take that from you. Please go to Jesus. He will sustain you. And there might be a couple people in the room, and you haven't connected with God maybe ever, and actually you're doing okay. Like 2020 hasn't been that hard for you. And I just want to submit to you that it's likely that at some point in your life, because we live in a fallen, sinful world, you will have an I quit moment. And the best thing for you to do in that moment is to connect with Jesus and allow him to prune your life. And here's the crazy thing, the awesome thing. The God that we're talking about, like he is this almighty all-powerful, amazing God. Like, he created the universe, and he wants to have a relationship with you, with me. Like, he wants to be so close to us. We were created to be close to him. He wants to be known. He wants to be known. Why would we not want to connect with a God like that? So to recap, We should stay connected to God because he is the true vine and he will prune us. If you would stand, we're going to move into a time of prayer.
Thanks for listening to the Vineyard Church Weekly Message Podcast. We pray you were impacted by this message. God bless and see you next time.